Hello everybody, I'm Mike Kliss and welcome to Kliss's Mic Drop. Uh, it's been a, a heck of a busy time for the Broncos here. Training camp well underway, starting uh, well into week two of Broncos training camp and the great quarterback competition. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, that, that went away last week that we talked about. He uh, reported to the Green Bay Packers, so he's out for the Broncos. Don't think Deshaun Watson is going to wind up with the Broncos because of uh, all the uh, um, uh, sexual assault allegations that he has uh, pending against him. So it's Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater with the Broncos training camp. There's so many other uh, facets of the Broncos training camp. A couple guys who have uh, stood out. Jerry Judy. I know uh, you saw him drop the ball in the second of the last game last season, but he's been phenomenal. I haven't seen him make a drop yet, and I think he's got 80 catches. And I'm not exaggerating. 80 catches when you uh, uh, add up the 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 uh, team periods. Uh, you know, they've, they've had seven practices, so that's uh, uh, basically a little over uh, 11 a practice. I mean, that's how dominant this guy has been. Cortland Sutton has also uh, really came through yesterday, had a big day, very encouraging day after uh, Sutton came back from that ACL injury. Um, some other people that look good, Javante Williams behind Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone, uh, three running backs look really good. Um, Kendall Hinton has been a surprise so far. Quinn Miners is making a push uh, at, uh, at center, the, the rookie from Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, there's been, uh, uh, let's see here, who do I, on defense, uh, McTelvin Ajim, a defensive lineman, has looked really good. But basically, people, this is about the quarterbacks here. Um, and, and by the way, later, we're going to uh, speak with Vic Fangio. Had a sit-down interview uh, at the start of camp with Vic Fangio, the Broncos head coach, and George Payton, the Broncos' first-year general manager. Uh, Peyton's had a nice offseason, basically got uh, good grades for the work he did. Uh, didn't get that quarterback, though, except for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, didn't get Aaron Rodgers, didn't get Justin Fields in the draft. So we'll see how uh, it all plays out this year in, in 2021. But I, roster-wise, I think the Broncos uh, now, at least in their first 21, first 22, do not have any holes. You can argue about the quarterback, and that will be decided between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but it's been a it's been a real solid, it's a solid defense, and the, all those uh, uh, young guys on offense are now a year older, so uh, more things are expected of them. In the quarterback competition, I personally I, we we've seen now a pretty good body of work practice wise from these quarterbacks, Drew Locke. Does look better than he did last year, but still uh, does make the occasional, maybe not as often, but does still make the uh, why, why were you throwing that ball type of mistake. Teddy Bridgewater has looked really good uh, in a game management, game management type way. Uh, has looked really efficient, really accurate, uh, throws the medium pass well, throws a deep pass well um, in five of the seven practices. He he had a tough day Saturday. And um, and then yesterday for the Broncos, um, I, I should say it was Wednesday, really Locke and, and Bridgewater both had really good days. I was prepared to give the edge to Bridgewater. 
But uh, at the end of practice, Fangio um, had a situation where there's 2.15 left to go in the game. 2.15 left. Broncos are down 7, so they need a touchdown. Ball at the own 25, so a kickoff, right? The defense just gave up uh, uh, the go-ahead score. Broncos at their own 25. Two timeouts left plus the two-minute warning. And uh, Locke and Bridgewater both moved their team real well. I thought Locke maybe uh, uh, moved his team a little better. Um, he got uh, deep. I think he got down to about the 10-yard line, scrambled right, and I don't know where he was throwing it, but it looked like it was right to Justin Simmons from our vantage point. Simmons fell forward, made the pick, and uh, that ended that drive. And uh, then Teddy Bridgewater got it. He moved to uh, right outside the red zone and uh, threw a fade to, uh, he threw a fade to, uh, he was working with the uh, second, with the second unit. He threw a fade to Dukes and uh, Dukes took off and, and I think uh, uh, Teddy was expecting him to break it off and go to the sideline. Uh, but as Dukes took off toward the, uh, the end zone, uh, Ferris, uh, who, a cornerback who was just signed three days ago, um, and he ended practice uh, on his first day with a lock interception. This time he ended practice with a Bridgewater interception. So I, I put him at a tie, uh, lock and, and Bridgewater. You can't say one is the winner when they lost the game, when it mattered. I mean, they, they, they had the final stretch. They had the final drive, had to go 75 yards, had to get a touchdown, couldn't do it. Uh, had interceptions, game over, Broncos lose. So if they lose, no one wins in the in the quarterback competition. Right now, by the day, I've got a three-and-a-half to three-and-a-half lock in Bridgewater. I, you know, like I say, I think we've seen enough that you probably could pick the quarterback you want. They both have strengths. They both have uh, weaknesses. They, they, they're both different. Um, Drew Locke you know, does, is an athlete and, and does have that strong arm, can make can make throws that Teddy can't. Um, he can throw into, into tighter windows deeper down the field. Um, Teddy is more accurate, I would say. Uh, his timing's not there with his receivers, like, a, like, you know, and you wouldn't expect it to be seven days in a camp for, for a brand-new quarterback. He had the OTAs, he had the mini camp, so he had... He had some practice during the offseason, but still, Teddy's working with a new offense, working with new players. And uh, I think he'll be fine uh, for, the, for the regular season, but I, I think he might be better in Game 5 than he is in the opener, if you know what I mean. But uh, I think with the, you know, there's two ways to look at it. For the long term, you want Drew Locke to be the quarterback because he's 24 and he's got the higher upside and he's... Uh, uh, got a, 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 you know, he's got a chance to be an elite quarterback if he gets it all together, um, and, and he, he's not going to become that if he goes on the bench. However, in the uh, uh, more immediate uh, uh, picture of of the Broncos in 2021, they start off with a game at the Giants. The Giants are coming off a six and ten year. At the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're coming off a 1-15 year, and then they come home for their home opener in Week 3 against the 2-14 and 14 Jets. And the Broncos are favored in all of those games, only by a point against the Giants. But uh, if you're going to go 3-0, and my feeling is you probably want the steadier quarterback, the one who's uh, probably 
least likely to uh, 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 you know throw the pick that gets you beat. And so I think Teddy Bridgewater, I'd be surprised if they go with Drew Locke, especially with Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio's 62 years old, and in the third year of a contract, coming off of seasons of uh, six of seven and nine and five and eleven, he has to win. He has to win right away. Pat Shermer, offensive coordinator. Really, the 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 rest of the coaching staff. Um, it's an older coaching staff, and um, you know they're they go as as their jobs are in jeopardy if if Vic Fangio's job is is in jeopardy after this season. So they got to get off to a good start the first three games. That's why I think Teddy Bridgewater will be the quarterback. Later in Cliss's mic drop uh, and and coming up here uh, very soon, you're going to hear our uh, the interview I had with uh, Vic Fangio and George Payton, the two bosses of the Broncos football department. By the way, uh, Forbes came out with their uh, Forbes came out with their uh, franchise value estimates uh, today on August 5th, Thursday, and uh, the Broncos went from 3.2 billion a year ago to 3.75 billion. That is quite a jump. That's uh, that's uh, half a billion. Um, and and this is on on the heels of the pandemic, so um, good day for the Bolin children. There's seven of them. They each own a little more than 11 percent. John Bolin, uh, the brother uh, a brother of the late Pat Bolin, he owns 22 percent uh, minority non-voting interest. Um, so 3.75 billion uh, split up uh, <clears throat> between seven kids and and John Bolin. Uh, John Bolin's looking at 850 million. And uh, each of the kids is looking at 418 uh, a million. That's uh, before taxes and everything else, but still, um, there, there, it was a good day for the uh, heirs of the uh, of the Denver Broncos. So, um, but now they got to get it together uh, on the field, and that's what we talked to Vic Fangio and to um, George Payton. And first, well, we're going to talk to Vic Fangio, and Vic did say yes. There is pressure for the Broncos to get off to a fast start. Coach, how you doing? You're looking great. I'm doing good. You yeah. always look great. Thirty-fifth year is this your thirty-fifth training camp in the NFL? You still get butterflies, excited, all those things? I do. I um, I've told somebody just the other day. Uh, every time we have our vacation before camp, and about a week or ten days out, I'm I've had enough vacation and I'm fired up to get back. And so when I know that doesn't happen some year, I'll know that it's uh, time to go. Time to go. Yeah. And that. Hadn't happened yet, and I don't anticipate it happening for a long time. Good deal. Need to win around here, right? Need to win. Tell us why uh, the team's going to be better this year. Well, I think we had a good offseason in many ways. One, you know, I think we had a good draft. We signed some good players in free agency. And we're getting back a lot of the players that missed a good bit of last season, some significant players. So I think that's a good place to start, you know, as, as to the reason why we're optimistic. We've had a good off season. You know, our work on the field was very, very productive. The guys were fully engaged. They're ready to go. And I think, you know, all 32 teams have a certain level of excitement this time of year. But ours is a, a little bit more deeply rooted, I think, right now. Qu 
quarterback position. I, I, don't, I know you never commented about it, but, you know, I think uh, outside this building, everyone was talking, buzzing about Aaron Rodgers. Now that's finally, that distraction's over with. You think that'll help Drew and Teddy maybe just kind of put a bounce in their step, knowing that they don't have to worry about that distraction anymore? I think that, um, you know, all the noise that was going on in the offseason, I'm sure they read and heard about. But I think it was the offseason, and I think they were totally engaged and focused on what was going on in their own lives here. But I, I do think that it's disappeared now because as we get closer to the season, it probably, you know, they're probably glad it's over with. But I don't think it bothered them too much in the offseason. What about how you're going to shake this out, this competition? What's it going to look like for the fans that are going to be out here on the Hill? Well, we're going to start off, um, you know, our first four days, we have four days in a row of practice, and um, then we have an off day. And we're going to do it just like we did it in the offseason. It will be strictly 50-50 on, on all four of those days. They'll get equal reps. They'll get equal reps with the ones and the twos, and it will be even Steven across the board. Then after that, we'll reconvene. And uh, we may change it up a day or two to where some guy gets a lot of work and then the one guy not so much and then flip it the next day. So we may do things like that. But it, ultimately, in the final analysis, until we make a decision, it will be 50-50. Just curious about you know, all the elite cornerbacks uh, you have. Uh, you play a lot of three. I don't see too many defenses where they play the four cornerbacks. How is that going to shake out? Well, we played four last year some, and a lot of teams do. And um, if all four of those guys play to the uh, level that we hope they play and expect them to play, all four will be out there at different times together. A lot of talk about the fast start. It hasn't worked out the last couple of years for different reasons. What about this year? Do you feel kind of the pressure to get off to a good start? Well, yeah, we do. <laughs> But I mean, no more than you do any other season, other than it's going to be talked about more here. So yeah, we want to get off to a great start. Um, you know, you hear a lot of people say you, the games in November and December are the meaningful games. But you know, if you don't do the work in September and October, those games aren't as meaningful. So every game counts the same. And yeah, we expect to get off to a better start. We're hoping to, we want to, it's a focus. How have you, I don't know, anything that you want for yourself here going into year three and head coach as far as how you go about your day, how you prepare the team, any type of uh, changes you've made? Well, the changes happen for you anymore from outside sources. You know, you can, uh, for instance, the first four days, you, first five days, you can't be in pads. So that's a change. <laughs> you know, you can't put the pads on until the sixth practice. You know, the first two days are only in helmets, can only be two hours long. Um, you know, so the, with the new CBA, a lot of the governing that you might have done on your own is pretty much done for you anymore. I, it, I was going to say, that's the Vic Fangio rule. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Coach, go get them. Good luck this year. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate right. it. Thank you very much to uh, Coach Fangio, Vic Fangio there, for his time that he spent with Nine News. That was before 
uh, by the way, uh, before training camp opened, the day before training camp opened on uh, uh, two weeks ago, not even two weeks ago. So um, uh, Fangio on July 27th uh, sat down with us. And next we talked to George Payton. And uh, among the things I talked to him about was the uh, outside pass rush. You got Vaughn Miller coming off injury, and he's 32. You got Bradley Chubb coming off surgery. Um, and then you have Malik Reed, who's who's clean, um, uh, considered a backup. He's a, a really good number three edge rusher. But who's the number four? And uh, you know who the number four cornerback is? It's Pat Sertan, uh, the number the first round draft pick for the Broncos. You've got Darby, you've got Fuller, you've got Callahan, the top three cornerbacks on the Broncos, and then first round pick Pat Sertan. He won't stay number four for long. Um, he, he is now, but he won't stay that way for long. Uh, but as strong as they are at cornerback, uh, they, they, they could use some depth, I think, at uh, inside linebacker and, uh, and also outside linebacker. So we talked to George about his roster, about uh, what he did this year and, and what he hopes to see from the team. One thing I'll say, he didn't rebuild. He didn't tear this down, uh, you know, and, and, and take their lumps for a year and then rebuild it. I mean, he brought back Vaughn Miller at big money. He brought back Justin Simmons at a, at a record safety contract. He brought back Shelby Harris at big money. He gave the fifth-year option, uh, a, a big uh, price tag, 12.7 to Bradley Chubb. So he brought all these guys back, and uh, the idea is uh, with the youth having another year to get better, if they can figure out their quarterback and pick the right quarterback and the quarterback plays well, which between Sutton and Judy, and, and Noah Fant, I think, will and the, the, the improved running game from the improved offensive line and the uh, Javante Williams at uh, complimenting Melvin Gordon, I think it's the offense should be better this year. We'll see. Um, but anyway, we talked to George Payton, and again, this was on the eve of training camp opening for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> George, welcome. Thanks, Mike. Your first one uh, in the big chair. That's the big chair you got right there. Feels good. Do you feel settled in? I do. I feel settled in. I'm. I feel good as we are. You know where we are as a team, and and excited to see uh, you know what we put on the field. You know, you inherited a five and eleven team, so expectations maybe should be. You know, there's not a whole lot of Super Bowl talk here. Yeah. But at the same time, you didn't tear it down. You didn't take the tear it down to build it back up approach. You you know you brought back Vaughn at a big, yeah, big ticket. Uh, Justin Simmons, record contract. Shelby got good money. You invested in Chubb. Talk about your strategy when you got here as far as making the Broncos a winner again. Yes. So I mean, when you analyze, when I got here, analyze the roster. You know, the offense. You know, was really talented. They were young. You know, the way I looked at it, they had a young offense. They had some pieces in place. Talented receiving crew. Um, you know the backs. You know, you know. I thought we needed added a back or two. Uh, the offensive line had some talent, had some chemistry. Tight ends had a couple of young, good tight ends, and and uh, you know, young quarterback. So I thought we were just young on offense. You know, with and, and they were just going to get better. You know, maybe probably didn't need a lot of additions, but I thought, you know, just another year in the system, an off-season program, they would improve. Now defense, 
you know, they had so many guys hurt last year. So I thought, I thought if we could bring back some of their core guys that were injured with the core guys we have with Justin and, and guys like Kareem and, and uh, Josie Jewell and Chubb. And, you know, I just felt like we had enough players or we didn't need to tear it down. You know, I thought if we added uh, the right players, we could take that next step. And, and you mentioned expectations. We have high expectations. Everyone in this building has high expectations. You know, we don't want to just, you know, we're not packing it in. We want to win. And, uh, you know, we feel like we will win. As far as that goes, uh, what positions would you still, do you think you might still have to address eventually? It looks like, you know, like I know you tried to get Jalen Phillips in the draft, edge rusher, maybe a little thin. You're not thin at cornerback anymore. Um, how do you look at the roster right now? Yeah, I mean, on defense, we don't have any glaring holes. You know, we, we you know, could add some depth. You know, those guys aren't falling off trees, got, you know, pass rushers. Uh, we do like Malik as a third pass rusher. We drafted Jonathan Cooper. Um, so we do feel like we have some depth there. Um, you know, just things change as you get into training camp. You know, guys get injured. Um, so that's kind of when you make your moves. We're always looking for, for upgrades, obviously. But typically you make, you know, those upgrades are in the bottom, you know, the bottom 10, bottom 20 of your roster this time of year. Because every, every team has 90, it's hard to go get guys. But we're looking. Um, we, I don't feel like we have any glaring holes right now. You know, the Aaron Rodgers topic, which is uh, now settled, I think, which, you know, the, the, the perception out there was that you were trying to get Aaron Rodgers every day, tweaking your, uh, your trade offers. What was your reality? How, much, how involved were you with that whole deal? You know, I would just say we can't speak on that. You know, he is on another team. Um, I've said this before. We look at everything, uh, every position. We're always looking out there. We're going to be in every trade. We're going to be in every discussion. And I've said all along, we like our quarterbacks. You know, we're, we're going to go to battle with our quarterbacks. We're, we're having a great competition with Drew and Teddy. They're doing all the right things. And, and uh, so we're comfortable with those guys and excited for those guys to get out here and compete and help us. Explain um, why you brought in Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I just thought uh, we were really young in the quarterback room. And Drew's young and, and uh, you know, Rip is young. And I just felt they needed a veteran presence, a guy who could play. And, and uh, everyone kind of forgets about Teddy. You know, two years ago, he, won, he was 5-0 and for New Orleans. He got paid over 20, 20 million a year, 30-something guaranteed. So there were teams last year who thought he was a, could be a potential franchise guy. Early in our career in Minnesota, we thought he was going to be a franchise guy. But he's a pro. He's very accurate. He moves the team uh, very sharp. Um, so we, just, we thought for the value we got for Teddy, it was a no-brainer. You got this job, Coach, already in place with Vic Fangio. What, what, uh, what do you see in your first head coach for the Broncos. Yeah, Vic has been great. You know, I think we've developed a great partnership. Um, you know, he's a great sounding board for me. I'm a sounding board for him. We spend a lot of time together. We don't always agree. You know, we've had some tough conversations, but that's what it's all about. I mean, you're not going to agree about everything, but I like, a way, I like the way he goes about his business. He works. I think he has a good connection with the players. Obviously, he's a defensive genius, and so I, I, it's been great working with Vic. George, appreciate it. Thanks, good Mike. Luck this year. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to Kliss's Mic Drop, and uh, I'm Mike Kliss, your host here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Vic Fangio and George Payton. Hope you uh, enjoyed those one-on-one -on -one interviews we had with those uh, two bosses of the Broncos football department on the eve of training camp. 
And now coming up this weekend, Hall of Fame weekend. The Broncos well represented this this weekend. You really can't complain. Um, you know, it would be nice if that 1977 Orange Crush start getting represented with Randy Gratishar and, and Louie Wright and Tom Jackson. But uh, even Billy Thompson, I think, deserves to have his uh, name thrown in there for consideration. But uh, with three guys going in, uh, Peyton Manning, he was four years with the Broncos, I think 13 with the, with the Colts. Yeah, John Lynch, four years with the Broncos, I think 11 years with the Tampa Bay Bucks, And then you uh, had Steve Atwater, who had 10 years with the Broncos and, and only one year uh, with the Jets. Uh, all three of those guys obviously deserving. Peyton Manning, a no-brainer. Uh, Peyton, uh, I've said this on uh, the newscast earlier in the week, uh, but I considered, I've been covering sports now for, let's see, 40 years. I'm going to call it 40 years between part-time, full-time, newspaper, TV, radio. Uh, and, and one of the privileges I had, and I did consider it a, a, a privilege, because I, was, I, I, I thought I was covering history. It became obvious that I was covering history uh, as I covered Peyton Manning in 2013. That was the best single quarterback season in NFL history. It didn't have the Super Bowl to, to stamp it. That was, uh, that was the regret. But still, to me, it was still special covering uh, Peyton Manning from beginning to end that season. It was the second season with the Broncos. He threw 55 touchdown passes. He threw for 5,477 yards. And the Broncos scored 606 points, averaging 37 points eight or 37.9 points per game. Those three records still stand, by the way. The 2013 Broncos are still the highest scoring off uh, team in NFL history. Now that they're going to 17 games, we'll see how long that holds. Peyton's 55 uh, touchdown passes and 54, 77 yards that season. Also records, we'll see if any of those records uh, get broke now that they're going to 17. I think eventually they will but maybe not uh, for a couple more years. Uh, but that was just a special season. Peyton on fire. To, to think about the Broncos offense scoring 38 points a game when they've struggled to score 20 points a game here the last five years, uh, just, just uh, it's something that you didn't quite appreciate so much uh, until you had a little time. You know, that's why they give these, that's why they don't elect these guys until five years after they retire. You need a little time so uh, uh, so you can be uh, become a historian. Uh, you don't want contemporaries or in the moment uh, judging history. Uh, but 2013, I knew I was judging history. Uh, I told Peyton as much after he broke the record of, uh, of Tom Brady's record when he threw the 51st touchdown pass to Julius Thomas at Houston in the second of the last game. And then he tacked on four more in the final, uh, I believe it was against the Raiders, uh, and wound up with 55. Um, but I remember Peyton thought all those records would be broke, especially the yardage records. And and here it is, seven going on eight years later, and they haven't been broke. So um, congratulations to Peyton. It, it, you know, it, it, was, it was pretty neat covering him for four years. Same with John Lynch. John Lynch was uh, all the media's favorite. Even the media that didn't talk to too many players in the locker room loved talking to Lynch in the locker room. He's just so smart and astute and professional, mature. 
and he's done a heck of a job as general manager of the 49ers. But uh, he was uh, he was a hard hitting safety uh, for the Broncos. At 2005 team, that was my first uh, year covering the Broncos, and that was a special team. They went 13 and three. They hosted the AFC Championship game after uh, Ben Roethlisberger's Steelers upset the Colts in Indy the week before. All the Broncos were celebrating, and uh, careful what you wish for. The Steelers came in and and pounded the Broncos pretty good in the AFC Championship game, so they missed on their chance uh, to get to the Super Bowl for Lynch, but still they knocked on the door. And then Steve Atwater, he actually was inducted last year. Uh, he was elected last year. He gets inducted this year. They didn't have the ceremonies because of the pandemic last year. So it's kind of cool that uh, Atwater, an eight-time uh, eight Pro Bowler in his uh, uh, 10 years with the Broncos. So uh, he definitely was deserving. It was interesting. Lynch was the first... Uh, safety kind of knocking on the door um, as a finalist, as a top 15 finalist. He got close a couple times, but then Troy Palomalo became eligible, and he's going in as part of the class of 2020. Uh, uh, Brian Dawkins was eligible. He leapfrog uh, John Lynch. Um, Steve Atwater uh, wasn't getting in the uh, top 15, but uh, but on his third, I think it was third try in the top 15, while Lynch had to wait eight times, uh, Atwater got in, so he kind of leapfrog Lynch, and finally, um, with the uh, you know with the with the Super Bowl in Tampa in February, John Lynch uh, was uh, elected in 2021. Congratulations to him, long overdue. So going to Canton, going to talk uh, and bring you all the coverage for John Lynch, Steve Atwater, and Peyton Manning. So make sure you tune in to Nine News and follow me on uh, NineNews.com digitally. We'll have all the stories and uh, going to have a good time. The Broncos next week, uh, they have a stadium scrimmage uh, of sorts uh, Sunday. No fans allowed for that one for some reason, even though they're allowing them uh, on the berm for training camp. Uh, and they're going to have fans in the preseason. Uh, next week, the Broncos go to Minnesota to, uh, to have joint practices uh, Wednesday and Thursday against the Vikings, then the first preseason game Saturday afternoon at Minnesota. Uh, the following week, it's, uh, it's a game uh, on the road against Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. And then finally on August 28th, the Broncos have their only preseason home game at Empower Field at Mile High against the Los Angeles Rams, who will be playing, guaranteed to be playing their second stringers in that game as Sean McVay does not play his starters. Uh, during the preseason. He didn't play him when there was four games. I'm sure he won't play him when there's only three games. And then the Broncos open up uh, their 17-game schedule regular season on September 12th at New York. Uh, should be uh, an emotional time for the city of New York. The Yankees and Mets play a series that weekend. Um, and it is uh, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So you know New York will be fired up for that game and the Giants. And the Broncos, uh, it's going to be a tough opener. Broncos, one-point favorite. And so it'll be uh, interesting to see if it's Teddy Bridgewater or if it's Drew Locke against uh, Daniel Jones of the, the New York Giants. So thanks for uh, listening to uh, Cliss's uh, mic drop.